When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 27 The Red Panda struggled to clear the cobwebs from his head, but he had hit the ground hard. Only the last second hit of his grapple gun on the statue's upraised arms had prevented him from being killed by the impact against the stone dais at Anubis's feet. While it had slowed his fall, it had not kept him from getting his bell rung once or twice as he rolled. If he had been unconscious at all, it had not lasted more than a few moments, but he was still seeing spots when the laughter forced him to lift his head. The laughter was Thatcher's, ringing off the hard stone and throughout the vast space as he stepped forward to a hidden panel at the base of the statue a panel that none of them had seen before, but which had obviously opened when the beam of light had been broken as Pavley had suspected. The stranger made a slight movement as if to intervene, but he found himself suddenly the object of attention of a dozen firearms. Falcone's eyes narrowed. He could deal with these underlings, but what would Pavley do while he did? They were running out of options and almost entirely out of time, his eyes flashed to where the masked man lay, having been left as if dead where he fell. The red panda tried to force himself to stand, or at least sit, but his head still swam. He could only watch as Thatcher stepped forward and reached into the chamber, his hand emerging wrapped around an enormous jewel, so black that light seemed to simply fall into it. A hush fell over the assembly as he held it aloft, the jewel glowing with a deep black energy that almost drank the luster of the gold in which it was set. An instant later the power of the jewel began to spread over Thatcher's body, oozing like a thick paste of black light. "'Yes!' Thatcher cried in triumph. "'Mine at last! Power over the living, dominion over the dead! And now I will add the eye's power to my own and overcome these filthy bands!' Thatcher closed his eyes in concentration that bordered on exultation as the power of the eye flowed through him. An instant later there was a hollow metallic ring as the copper-colored bands fell to the stone floor, rattling like enormous coins. Thatcher's laughter rang throughout the hall once again, growing in its fevered pitch until it seemed to be the only sound in the world. The Red Panda pushed himself up from the floor again, his head still ringing, but unwilling to meet his fate lying down, if only he could stand. Suddenly there was a bright, blinding flash, and Thatcher's laughter ceased abruptly. Another burst of energy flew forth, and the eye of Anubis fell to the ground. Thatcher, still weakened by the bands, had been no match for the powerful spell that had been unleashed upon him. But how had Max managed that? Even now he stood stock still, the men guarding him had not responded to the attack at all. Lightning seemed to flash a third time, and it was only then that the Red Panda realized it had not been the stranger who had attacked Thatcher at all. The third hit put Thatcher down on his knees, cursing. 
Smoke reeked from his shoulders, and his damaged face was a mask of rage. Pavli, he hissed, you treacherous worm! I will kill you for this! Pavli smiled. That was on the agenda anyway, was it not, my dear Thatcher? Certainly you would never have abided by our agreement to sell the eye. And these men have not faced danger and seen their fellows die just to make you a god. Power is all very well and good, but it is money that makes the world go around, old man. Thatcher spat blood onto the stones and tried to push himself to his feet, but the gesture was futile. Pavley smiled and drew his revolver. If only you had left those bands on, Thatcher, he said, I might have been able to trust you, at least long enough to have put the eye of Anubis into our client's hands. I would have freed you then, if only you hadn't made your move. Pavley, wait, Thatcher said as his partner pushed the gun against his temple. I think not, Pavley said. This is ever so much easier than sharing. The roar of the gunshot rang throughout the room, swiftly fading echoes that seemed to transform themselves into laughter from the shadows. It was the flying squirrel, mocking Pavley in his moment of triumph. "'Enjoy it while you can, Peaches!' her voice seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere. "'You'll never get that pretty necklace out of this room!' The gunman's focus was divided now, some covering the stranger, others scouring the shadows for any sign of the girl— all of them had at least half an eye on their master as he stopped to pick up the prize near his dead partner's outstretched hand. "'Will I not, little one?' Pavley sang as his fist closed around the stone, lifting it high above his head. "'The eye of Anubis is mine to command!' At this there was a blaze of power and light that flooded the room, making the torchlight seem like a pale shadow and filling the entire hall with a luminescent black glow. There were shouts from the guards. They raised their rifles as they spotted the flying squirrel darting for cover against the far wall of the chamber, which was covered in enormous hieroglyphs and ringed with golden sarcophagi standing upright on their feet, blazing in the light of the eye like a hundred suns. The stranger turned quickly, realizing that every wall in the enormous room was covered with identical ornamentation, and felt his blood run cold. "'Pavli, wait!' he called in vain. The first of the rifle shots barked loudly as the men took aim at the squirrel. She was racing for cover of one of the enormous statues that served as pillars around the room, but she would never make it once the gunmen had dialed in their range. Or so it seemed, until the fourth man to raise his rifle to his shoulder was hit by something that felt like an out-of-control truck, but was in fact a very angry red panda. The masked man blocked an overhead blow with a rifle butt and threw the attacker over his shoulder as if he had been a paper doll. The man to the red panda's right took a high kick to the chest that caved in his ribcage on the left side, and he fell, gasping. The red panda turned the opposing force of his kick into a cross-punch to his left that put another gunman down as if he'd been shot himself, but the masked man was still groggy and could not keep this up forever. A man at the fringe of the group who had the benefit of more distance raised his weapon and promptly fell down shrieking, his left arm reaching desperately back over his own shoulder to try and grasp something unseen— the Red Panda did not have to see the throwing knife his partner had dispatched to know what it was, so another piece had been taken off the board. But what good was any of it going to be if Pavley used the power of the eye against them? He turned in his tracks, leaving the henchman for the flying squirrel to pick off, and pulled a pair of throwing stars with each hand from under the folds of his jacket. He wished now that he had taken some of the anti-magic gear that Kit had loaded up on earlier, but if he was fast enough, perhaps something would get through. 
This would have to be perfect. Stop! The order was possibly the loudest thing the Red Panda had ever heard, and it had the desired effect. The Red Panda recognized Falcone's voice, could feel the effect of the enchantment in the order, but could not resist it. Only Pavley seemed blithely unaffected. What have you done, Max? The Red Panda thought ruefully. You've given him all the time he needed. Pavley seemed to think so, too, but he regarded the stranger with amusement. Far too little, Falcone, he said, and far too late. Pavley, you fool, the stranger cried. You've murdered us all. The walls. Look at the walls. There was just enough power left in the enchantment that had frozen the combatants in their tracks to compel them to turn and face the far walls and corners of the room. The sound of metal scraping against stone could be heard from everywhere. The guardians of this place are rising, Pavli, Falcone said. The dead will have their day. Thank you for listening to Thursday Thrillers right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase bringing you the very newest in audio releases from our United Artists of Audio right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.